0: Welcome to Lilypod episode ninety seven. Gratitude elevates energy and emotion. Jeff and Kathy Tykert bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. This is a great time of year to express gratitude as we go into the dark part of the year that can often leave us feeling down and depressed because gratitude brings us high vibrational energy and raises our mood and lifts our emotions up it can counter some of those winter blues like nothing else
1: right you know kathy uh, i think this is a good time of year to think back on the the origins of this holiday and what they mean to us now. I think it's interesting that the first Thanksgiving that we think of with the pilgrims feasting with the um, Native Americans of that area uh, was in 1621. So last year was the 400th anniversary of that first Thanksgiving. So this is a, a tradition that is older than the United States, although it, Uh, you know, it went in kind of fits and starts. There were years it was celebrated and some years it wasn't. It didn't become an official holiday for quite some time. But anyway, it was, that first Thanksgiving was an epic three-day feast to celebrate the settlers' first successful harvest. And the uh, Wampanoag tribe joined them for that feast. And there were Uh, of course, feasting and games and sports and other things that people participated in um, for goodwill and, you know, joy. And it's not unlike, I guess, some families like to go out and play touch football. They call it a turkey bowl in the morning on Thanksgiving's now, things like that. Um, And then, of course, we still do the feast. It's also interesting to note that the settlers as they were coming across on the Mayflower uh, the Mayflower being the name of their ship for anyone who's been hiding under a rock through elementary school (laughs) they signed a document known as the Mayflower Compact which uh, they agreed in the name of God that they would bind themselves together as a community and that they would become one people. And so I think it's it's kind of a time, too, where in our time, families gather together and renew acquaintances and reminisce and talk about good memories and things like that. And that's another thing that I think Thanksgiving time can, can help us to remember. The Wampanoag and the settlers uh came together their table was was probably not as neat and tidy as we would like to believe uh there was a lot of of course slaughtering of animals and uh you know it was it was a messy deal to prepare a big meal in that in that time but but and their feasting went on for three days um at least 100 people were at that feast. So it was a big, it was a big event. And uh, if you think about the large family gatherings, we sometimes have, uh, I don't think I've ever been to one where there was 100 people, but, uh, but we have large family gatherings in our time. There were at least 90 native men and 50 Englishmen that came to the feast. And that doesn't count the the women and children. So it was a it was a large group. Um, the games they engaged in involved markmanship. Marksmanship. There were foot races, and they did eat turkey, but they also ate deer, geese, pheasant, and other fowl. And uh, as I said, the the festivities lasted three days, and that that kind of became the foundation of the American Thanksgiving tradition. And we like to think back on it as a, a time when uh, there was peace between the natives and the settlers. Uh, and that was a result of a treaty negotiated between the Plymouth settlers and the Wampanoag leader, uh, you may have heard of him, Chief Massasoit. and uh, And that peace lasted for a number of years and uh in fact for 10 years massasoit and the pilgrims remained allies they traded english goods for uh, wampanoag land access to natural resources and and other assets um, the problem they ultimately had was after massasoit passed away and his son took over um, he was not as friendly to the settlers as Massasoit had been. And unfortunately, the peace was not maintained. But I think we can be thankful in our time that we live in times of peace and prosperity, that we have abundant food. Um, The pilgrims of Plymouth, uh, you know, half of them died the first winter and they had a real hard time. And so the next year, uh, after they had had a successful harvest they were really grateful because they knew they had the, the food and shelter that would be necessary to sustain them through the next winter. And, uh, and so that feast was a time of Thanksgiving celebration and, uh, and also friendship between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag tribe.
0: You know, them being grateful after all of that loss, uh, it reminds me a couple of, of a couple of things. Um, one, when you know what it's like to be starving and not have food, you don't take it for granted. And I think a lot of us take that for granted. Right. Um, and two, they were grateful to be alive. Uh, even though they'd lost friends and loved ones along the trail. And I'm sure that there was a part of them that was very sad. There was... Also, part of them that was grateful for having made it. Right. And that's something we take for granted too. We don't, I mean, we do lose loved ones to death, but not
1: from a pilgrimage. Well, and other things. And we recently lost a loved one in death. My son Henry, as some of you know, uh, died tragically at age 24 in August. And I know a couple of things about that. One is, that that's going to hurt for a long time and in fact i think it ultimately when it's your child it leaves a permanent wound in your heart that doesn't mean that you're thinking about it and obsessing over it every minute i think you do move on you learn to be happy again you you learn all of those things
0: maybe even learn to celebrate a thanksgiving dinner and be grateful for everything you do
1: have right and so at the same time as I'm still grieving my son and sad that he is gone and that he won't be with us or any other family, uh, at least on this side of the veil for Thanksgiving uh, this year, I'm also profoundly grateful that in the time he was here on earth, I was able to, to be his father. I'm, I'm grateful that he was my son, even with the pain that resulted from his death, if, if I was presented with it, and who knows, maybe I was before this life, but if I was presented with it, look, you get to be Henry's father, but he's going to be taken from you at age 24. You know, are you, are you willing to sign up for that? Yeah. Sign me up. I'd do it. Uh, Because the pain comes from the fact that we love And I think we can have gratitude for our pain because we have gratitude for the love that is at the foundation of that.
0: Yeah. There's something really sanctifying about the pain of loss in combination with the gratitude for the reason it feels like a loss.
1: Right. And I mean, I'm sure those pilgrims virtually all lost close family members or friends in that first very, very tragic and difficult winter that they were there uh, in Plymouth. I also am sure that their expressions of gratitude for what they had achieved with God's help, um, both in peace with the the natives and in, in the prosperity of their harvest, the homes that they had built to shelter them through that winter and all the rest of it. I I think there was a very genuine gratitude and and they were a a very religious people. As you know, the pilgrims were Puritans and they were very devoted. They, They came to America to build their new Jerusalem and kind of the same concept as we would think of as our Zion. And so... Uh, they were grateful that they had been able to survive and and actually build the foundations of of prosperity.
0: You know, while we're on this subject, I'd also like to just refer back to "Now Think We All Are God" a couple episodes ago. Right. That um, the person who wrote those words had every reason to be depressed out of his mind, doing funerals over and over and over for years.
1: Right. Fifty a day in some cases,
0: and yet somehow he thought of the words, to, to have peace and to have cheer and to have gratitude through all of that.
1: After thirty years of hellish war, uh, where his city was blockaded and terrible health problems resulted, and couldn't get fresh food and water and yeah, it was and medicine. It was it was a horrible time, but. I do, I I think as Kathy was just saying, it's a great testament to Pastor Rinkhart's faith that he could write a hymn of thanks after going through all that. But I think having gone through it, they appreciated when times got better.
0: Yeah. And I think it, it compares with the pilgrims and how right. they had every reason to be sad and depressed out of their minds for all that they had lost. But they became so, so grateful for what they were able to maintain and gain back in their new homes.
1: And what, what could, how does this apply to people who have been through divorce or the death of a spouse or the loneliness of maybe having a couple of extra decades, never having found your spouse yet? Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of of pain associated with any of those three things
0: yeah no I know people who say the holidays are rough um, I know people are trying to make the best of it with uh, what we call friends right or you know other such celebrations that allow them to be with their friends who are in similar situations and and find uh, community find community right. there and, I mean, that's what the pilgrims were doing. They were all finding community with each other. I mean, I think that's what a good meal does. Right. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I uh, I, w- I wanted to mention that the reason our voices sound a little nasally is because we are getting over COVID. Um, we've had it f- in our home for about two weeks. Um we believe we picked it up at the BYU Life After Divorce conference,
1: which we were grateful <clears throat> to be at. Anyway. Oh my gosh,
0: so grateful, and even that and that gratitude for having been around five hundred um, faithful divorced saints who are are remaining on the covenant path and wanting to make the best of of what has become a difficult situation for them. Um, and, and that now there's support for that out there and, and and just to be so grateful that, you know, 500 people gathered there that day and the energy was amazing.
1: You know, Kathy, um, you've heard me say this, I think already, but for the benefit of our, of our listeners, um, as I've thought about this subject, um, you know, I was really grateful that I got COVID when I did, when work was relatively slower, and I wasn't falling behind on a lot of things in life to, to get some rest. And if it had happened the previous week, oh my, I, I mean, I argued one of the most important cases of my legal career on the Friday. And then on Saturday, I spoke at the, the BYU Life After Divorce Conference with Kathy. Uh, we did it together. Uh, great, great event. Uh, I would have hated to have missed it. Um, it would have been extremely inconvenient uh, for me not to be arguing that case that day. So I would have had to go and argue it sick, perhaps in a mask, or uh,
0: miss it entirely.
1: Or I would have had to reschedule it, which it had already been rescheduled because of my son's passing.
0: What's kind of cool is that following week you got word that you won.
1: That's right. That's right. He was sicker
0: than sick, and it was hard for him to be super excited about it. But
1: we got the right result, and and uh, so very pleased by that. And and both of those things occurred at the end of a very busy week. Now, and if I had had COVID that week man, that would have really been disruptive. Whereas when I got it, um, you know, not nearly. So I, I'm I'm genuinely grateful that I was allowed to complete those two very important uh, events.
0: See, and I had two coming up this weekend. And I thought, oh, I'm grateful I got it now so I can recover. Well, what came, what happened is November 19th came, and I was still so sick. I could not imagine leaving the house. So um, this, the violin recital I planned a year earlier at the Caseville Library happened without me for the first time ever. And the Lily dinner that night happened without me for the first time ever.
1: Right. I had to go alone. I had to go stag.
0: <laughs> um, and i I'll admit I was bummed, I was bummed, but I was also grateful to be resting uh and I have to say, there are thoughts that have come to me since then that can lead to more gratitude about having missed like you know Jeff said he was grateful he didn't miss those things and he wasn't sick during those things, whereas like my big things, I ended up still being sick for. Um, now, um, before I go into the thoughts, so to kind of give an example of, I want to refer back to episode 11. So lily episode 11 is about our F SIBO model. And, uh, I don't think we really talk nearly enough about that and how big of a difference it can make in our lives. Because if we can take the facts and separate them from the stories we tell about them, And almost everything we say is a story it's some kind of interpretation or perception that we have about an event whether it be a divorce or a breakup or a fight with a friend or whatever um, the case is we almost always are having some kind of thoughts that are cause and stories about the facts which are neutral and verifiable in a court of law like there's no no dispute about it. There's nothing to argue. There's it's just everyone knows that this is how it is. And there's not very many things that are that way. Right? So um, we tell stories every day, all day long, all the time about the facts we experience. And when we can separate those out and then decide what to do with the stories, which are our choice, a choice to keep telling the same story or shift the narrative then we have the opportunity to affect our energy and our emotion now the title of this episode is gratitude elevates energy and emotion and we're not here just to talk about thanksgiving but thanksgiving is the time of year when we get really uh, intentional about having gratitude and of course that's something we believe is really important all year long because being grateful is choosing the story that emphasizes the blessings in our lives and diminishing the stories that we're tempted as humans to, uh, to believe when we are questioning whether or not we can ever be happy again. Because when we're focused on our problems, which again, totally a human tendency because we think by focusing on it, we'll be able to solve it. The truth is whatever we put our focus on, we get more of according to the law of attraction, which means if we're focused on our problems, we'll get more problems. And if we're focused on all our blessings, we'll get more blessings. And that is the power of gratitude.
1: They will also change in the way that we form them in our minds. For example, um, my grief therapist, Elizabeth Brumet, always says uh, the way that your son died is the least interesting thing about him. I don't know. For some people, it may be pretty interesting, but, but what she's really saying is focusing on other aspects of his life and the gratitude I feel for. The many hikes we took together in, in the mountains or the times we spent, uh, you know, on road trips or whatever, the, the, the memories that I have will bring more, more gratitude. And I think that's true in any part of our lives. Gratitude is really the key to happiness. And, and this is why. I, mean, I think a lot of times we think of gratitude as a commandment. Uh, We're commanded to be grateful. It's good manners to be grateful. It's a lot deeper than that. I can only appreciate something to the extent that I am grateful for it, that I appreciate it. If, you know, if I got a nice new car and I thought, and then I see somebody across the street, you know, parking a Mercedes Benz in their driveway. And I think, I should have that instead of this thing I've got. How how much joy is my car going to bring me? Even though my car is a perfectly great car and uh, gets me where I need to go and, you know, is reasonably uh, nice looking and fun to drive and all of those things. Well, if I focus on what's good about my car, I'm going to enjoy driving that car a lot more. If I'm focused on Hmm, somebody else has a better one or a nicer one well that's
0: like downing a quart of pickle juice every time someone has a happy moment or gets an unexpected blessing like
1: right we talked
0: about in our last podcast
1: and it steals the joy that i should have in driving my car which is perfectly great which you could
0: have yes and it's the laborers in the vineyard talk that comes from is all about embracing the blessing we're being given and not comparing and then taking that joy away from ourselves when we've agreed to do something and we were perfectly happy with the result of that before we started looking around and and deciding that oh well maybe that's it's not good enough right um, you know, I kind of would like to get back to what, so, so some of the g- examples of stories that I, I've been tempted to tell myself about this COVID thing and missing my students recital and the Lily dinner. I was tempted to feel sorry for myself. Um, I've also been missing my kids. They've been gone for over a week at their dad's. I've missed all of the, my nights with them. We have a 50 fifty custody sharing plan, and I haven't seen them for ten days. right? Um, because I wanted to keep them well. Now, um, I am also really tired sick and tired of being sick and tired. I told Jeff I'm like I, I'm feeling exhaustion like i'm I'm feeling illness exhaustion, and it's not just exhausted from being ill, but exhausted even trying to get better. Like I'm, my the days are like running into one to the another. I am feeling like the lack of ability to think through, okay, what are the best things for me to do at this time for it? You know, other than to just lay around and, and be sick. And, 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 you know, obviously that's part of being sick anyway, but I like to be as deliberate and intentional as possible. So um, of course, those are all the thoughts that are natural. Those are all the natural thoughts that like, man, I'm really bummed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: frustrated. Uh,
1: and giving yourself <clears throat> a minute to process that, you know, giving yourself a little bit of time is okay. I mean, you, you need to feel your feelings, but that's a place where you want to pitch a tent, not buy a home.
0: Well, and if I'm not settling in those thoughts then i have to come up with something a little more creative and here's what i came up with my um we hung out with all of our kids in close proximity the day after we were exposed to COVID, and none of them got sick not our granddaughter not our um sons not our daughter-in-law none of them right uh and we were hanging out close to each other for like four or five hours watching the last Lord of the Rings movie, because we were doing right. a Lord of the Rings marathon. And we didn't know we'd been exposed, and we are just so grateful they're not sick. And how awesome is it that we could send the kids to dad's house, the younger kids, and have them be away from here where they probably would have contracted it because it's right. so contagious. Um, so. And also, I was actually really happy when I tested positive because when I tested negative uh, and Jeff tested positive, I was like, oh, I better stay away from you. And we had to sleep separate for a couple nights. And so we wouldn't have to. That's what we chose to do to try and prevent me from getting it. But once I got it, I was like, oh, at least we can be together, sickies.
1: <laughs> Which we have then.
0: Yeah. Well, and so I could see the the silver lining. I could see the blessing in those things. Now, um, in terms of missing my student recital, I was once told that if you're a good music teacher or a good teacher of any kind, really, that if you do a good job, you render yourself useless. And I think that's true of parenting also. When we render ourselves useless as parents or teachers, it means we did our job really, really well. And my students got up and they gave a great recital without me there.
1: Right. I mean, between me and one of the parents who Kathy designated as the MC, uh, we took care of, of putting on the recital and, you know, it might've been better with Kathy there, probably would have, but it was just fine. And uh, I was able to handle creating the, the uh, video so Kathy could see it and have a record of, of the performances.
0: Yeah, and then but... my own child had to practice all week without my help, and I know he would have probably felt more comfortable and performed better had we done what I had planned, which was to play with the CD a whole bunch and get it really up to speed and get, work out all the little kinks. But he did a lot of practicing on his own because I I was busy the week I was preparing my other students while I thought I might be getting sick. And then when I once I got sick, I canceled Oh, I did the rest, I believe, by Zoom, and then I canceled the group lessons and had them all prepare on their own. So uh, they they all prepared a little extra on their own. And he called me uh, in the morning, and he's like, Mom, there's something wrong with my string. It's really loose. And then I try to tighten it. And it doesn't stay tightened. Well, with violin pegs, like, you have to actually tighten it while you push in, which is why I don't train my students on that very early, because it's, it's a complex task. But he figured it out on the phone with me. Wow! So, um, I mean, this whole COVID situation over the last couple of years have gotten my students a lot more independent in tuning. So a little silver lining blessing where, you know, I've had to have less hands on, where they've kind of taken up the more responsibility for that and also for marking their own music.
1: So the gratitude I think there is, well, among other things, you didn't have to cancel the recital on your students because you couldn't be there. It was able to be done, and the kids in in stepping up and uh, taking a little bit more responsibility have learned important skills.
0: Absolutely, and then with the uh, Lily dinner, I I was sad to not to not go, but I again I was grateful to stay home and i am just grateful that you know we have a group of um people in our love in later years community on facebook and instagram who who uh they listen to our podcast they watch our videos and they're in and they've read intentional courtship and some of them are even doing group coaching with us and they're really intentional about their lives and doing the things that we would have hoped to be doing when we were single, but we didn't have that support system.
1: Right. And I'm beyond the contagious period. So I did attend the dinner um, and acted as the host as, as Kathy and I normally do together. Um, And I'm grateful that I was able to do that, but I'm also grateful that I have confidence that if Kathy and I had not been able to come and we had had to send a message at the last minute um we won't be there but enjoy getting together and and having dinner they know you're coming i think it would have been still a great event and uh the the people would have had a great time meeting and talking with each other there and so we are grateful that that's the kind of community that that we have.
0: Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you've never heard of the Lily Dinner and you don't know what it's about, basically anywhere along the Wasatch Front, anywhere from, I don't know, I don't think we've gone as far as Prover or Orem, but like definitely south of Salt Lake to Ogden. I mean, we have some people come from Idaho, like we've had people drive from all over. Anyway, usually it's somewhere in Salt Lake area, just just north or south of there.
1: And I think we should do one in Utah County sometime because there's so many singles down there.
0: Yeah, but anyway, um, if you're interested in getting together with us, we do it every three months. And our next one is February 4th. So make sure you're a part of our Love and Later Years community. Um, if if you want to email us at loveinlateryears at gmail.com, you can let us know if you're interested and we'll make sure you stay informed.
1: Um, and that'll be our Valentine's celebration mm-hmm. dinner. So, you know, bring a date or come alone and... And uh, I mean we've we had both last night.
0: We have everybody introduce so. themselves to so you know who's single and ready to mingle and those who are in relationships. so and yeah. it's and it's really fun to like have everyone in like all the different stages of the mid-single life, you know and um, because yeah, we had a
1: newlywed couple there last night who used to come to the dinners when they were single and
0: yeah.
1: um, and have gotten married in the last month or something. Yeah and that's exciting. So yeah, it was fun to, to have them there to, kind of share their success story, you know?
0: Yeah. So just remember that gratitude isn't just a Sunday school answer. It isn't just something we want to do during November, but it's it's not just good manners. No, it's so much more than that. It's what it's a brain that starts getting trained to focus on our blessings so that we can get more of those blessings
1: and so we can feel happier about the blessings we've already got
0: and and naturally as a result when we're happy and our elevate our energy and our emotion is elevated to that place of gratitude what comes next in the fcba model is our behavior and our outcomes and i believe that the law of attraction works the way it does not just because of this like you know voodoo you know, world energy out there. I think it works because when we put good thoughts in, when we tell good stories and we do so on purpose and we elevate our energy and our emotions, we naturally behave in ways that serve us better. And we naturally get outcomes that help solidify that happiness more. So instead of being in a vicious cycle of shame or blame or hate or anger or envy, we can choose to be grateful for our blessings and put ourselves in a positive spin cycle through life with that FCBO model. So. Right. Thank you so much for listening to Lily Pod. We hope this gives you a lot to ponder and um, we hope that you're able to find the silver linings in whatever trials you face and that you're able to find the blessings in your life that are there for you to really, truly enjoy.
1: And if this is a Thanksgiving where you don't have your kids, however you choose to celebrate that, remember that you have a lot to be thankful for. If you have kids and they happen to be at the other parents, you can still be thankful for those kids you can go and celebrate with another family if, if you have an invitation or you can go out to a restaurant by yourself and still celebrate and give thanks, uh, however seems best to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll say.
1: Remember, friends, that any time, especially Thanksgiving, is a great time for more love in your life.
0: Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.